here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel and sitting across again. Mike Sutherland. Mr. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasms. All right. Uh, we are going to be doing our flicks of the week. Mine is going to be the 2016 uh I guess you call it independent film, uh, The Bad Batch, and uh, you? I don't know. <laughs> preparations, preparations. Oh, Aliens. Oh, okay. I am doing Aliens. You know what's funny is no. when, when I write my review for Blade Runner 2049, I am going to reference that movie uh, because the, to me, this is Denny um, Villeneuve's... Uh, Aliens, you know what I mean? How he takes a property that's already popular and 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 stood on its own, and he's made a sequel to it that's bigger and better and badder, and it just um, straight up, straight up his aliens, just like what Cameron did with Aliens. Uh huh. So, anyway, fuck you. <laughs> all right, Aliens. Out of all the fucking movies, you pick fucking Aliens. All right, all right. All right. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> All right, so uh, man, I saw some better things uh, on Netflix and stuff that I was gonna pick, but my mind was already set on watching this movie, The Bad Batch, and I, you know I'll do those other ones later. But um, the reason why I wanted to see The Bad Batch when it was in theaters, even though it was there for a blink, it, it came out in like uh, I think May or something like that. It was in theaters for like a week because uh, it was uh, it was very uh, uh, limited screenings and shit. Uh, it has uh, the reason why is because of the cast. It's got Jason Momoa, you know Aquaman. It's got uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, um, Keanu, fucking Jim Carrey, isn't it? Uh, and I, I don't know if there's anyone else, but anyway, it, it you know it looks like a cannibal tale. It's in the desert, uh-huh. looks pretty rough. Um, so I was like, you know what? If there's an opportunity to see it, then I, I wanted to go see it. But there wasn't the opportunity to go see it. So it, you know, and I'm actually glad. I am glad to say that I did not spend money on this fucking movie. Okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, just to let, lay it out there, the movie has a 43% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. The Bad Batch is it's set in a future that I don't know if it's near or far. You know, near or far. I don't... But it, it is uh, dystopian. No, not dystopian. It's, it's, it's kind of like post-apocalyptic kind of. You know, where it starts off with this, uh, it shows a sign of, uh, it says like, uh, you are now leaving Texas and this is, uh, this is not American, this is not American territory and you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, they don't really explain much, but this girl gets released out of there. And so you're following the girl and wherever she's at, wherever she's been kicked out of and now she's at is like a, it's a land for undesirables, pretty much. It's kind of like uh, Escape from New York or Escape from L.A., you know, like how New York's been cordoned off or L.A.'s been cordoned off. It, it's pretty much what it is. So everyone who's an undesirable is thrown into this uh, area of desert where I don't know if it's fucking Texas or, like, or Mexico or whatever. So you're following the girl, 
And she's played by uh, an actress named Suki Waterhouse. Her character's name is Arlen. And uh, she starts getting chased by fucking cannibals on a golf cart. And they capture her. And you're into it because the way the style that it's done in is like in that... uh, like where they change the frame rate when there's action happening. So yeah. it's like almost like uh, they're doing like, uh, I don't know, like 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 30 frames a second instead of 24 or something, right? So it's faster motion. And um, it's it grabs your attention. You're like, oh, shit, she's, she's fucked, right? And I'm not really giving anything away by telling you this because all this shit happens at the beginning. But they fucking, they chain her up. She wakes up, she's chained up, and they fucking saw off her arm, and then they saw off her fucking leg. And... You know, they even fucking show them cooking her arm right in front of her, right? These fucking right. cannibals. Well, eventually she finds a way to break free and she escapes. And it's clever how she escapes. You know, she uses a fucking, she actually fucking kills her captor and escapes on a fucking skateboard, just slowly, slowly paddling across the fucking desert. Because where they're at is complete flatland, right? Uh, and you see other parts of the camp, of the cannibal camp. And it's being run by by a guy named the Miami Man, who's played by Jason Momoa. And he's like, he's wearing these fucking, um, almost like a zoot suit type pants. Uh-huh. And uh, and he's he's wearing shirtless, but he's uh, but he's got suspenders on, and he's got fucking you know big old bull tattoos on his chest and shit. Like you know he's big Miami macho man, right? And uh, he he's got a little daughter with him, and yeah, he's still, but he's a cannibal. And you just—they do the quick thing where they establish this guy, but then they move back to her because the whole movie is about Arlen's character. And so she escapes, and she comes across. Um, she gets discovered by a homeless dude, a hermit dude. Mm-hmm. And the hermit dude does not talk at all. He just—he helps her. He takes her to a to a another town where the people aren't like this. Okay, and it cuts to five months later. Now here's the weird, funny part. The homeless dude, the, the the hermit dude, who's got his cart and all that shit, fully bearded, he's dirty as fuck. It's Jim Carrey, and you can't fucking t- like. If I didn't know that Jim Carrey was in this movie, I would not have known that was him because he does not speak a uh, speak a single word in the entire film. It is a completely non-speaking role, and they show him uh, I think two or three times in the entire film. Uh, so anyway, the movie cuts to five months later, and now she's in this camp, and she's got like this. Uh, fake leg brace on so she can walk around uh-huh. um, and she ends up uh, going out and exploring and she comes across the little girl with her babysitter or whatever and the babysitter gets killed because uh, because Arlen knows that she's a fucking you know she, she hates cannibals right because of what they did to her right. and the place where she lives half the people that fuck are that are there are always are missing some kind of body part <laughs> Right, they're all the people that make, got away from these from these cannibals. Oh, and there's another actor in the fucking movie too. I forgot about this. Giovanni Ribisi plays a fucking uh, one of the guys in the camp, and he's crazy. So he like he just they show him two times in the entire film, and he just blabbers about just incoherent bullshit, and that's it. It's like why the fuck are you in this movie, right? Uh-huh. So anyway, she goes out and she anyway she kills the lady. And then she has this little girl with her. Well, she goes and vent- she keeps the little girl, and she goes and she ventures out to this other town. And this town is weird. 
it is run by a cult by a cultist guy type guy who he's dressed like Jim Jones. He's played by Keanu Reeves, and his name is the Dream. Okay, she shows up to this fucking town, and everyone's partying. They're getting high on drugs. Um, it's like almost like Burning Man, the way the town is. Um, there's this fucking uh, RV that has been converted into a gigantic boombox. And so this fucking gigantic boombox with lights on it and everything has a DJ inside of it who's fucking mixing and, and all this shit and, and everyone's partying, doing drugs and having a great fucking time. Well, anyway, you know, Keanu Reeves, the dream comes out with all of his fucking pregnant, you know, bitches, his hot bitches. He takes all the hot bitches for himself, right? Right. And they all come out and they're all wearing white t-shirts to say, the, the dream is inside me, right? And they're all pregnant. So you figure out what that means. Uh-huh. And they just show him for a couple moments and he does his spout, you know, to the crowd. And then he goes back into his fucking villa, right, with all of his bitches. And then and then she parties. Well, um, the Miami man is looking for his daughter. So he starts going on this fucking hunt to find her, um, to find his daughter. And and so he finally comes across Arlen. And Arlen, you know, Arlen's high on fucking acid or some shit. And uh, he wants to know where his daughter is. And he threatens. So he says, I'm, "If I don't get my fucking daughter back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna fucking you know." So, well, what she didn't realize was when she was high as fuck, the little girl ran off, and Keanu Reeves saw her and had his women take the little girl into his place to live. Right. So that she doesn't. So Arlen doesn't know where she's at at all. So anyway, the, <coughs> a big chunk of the movie is is Arlen hanging out with Momoa's character, and he's an asshole, of course, because he's a fucking cannibal. And he's buffered and fucked, so you know he's eating a shit ton of protein. Uh, <coughs> and there's a little bit of a bonding that goes on between them. Not too much, but like a little bit of bonding and understanding. And and then it leads to, you know, them looking for the kid and, and, and other shit happens. And it, I don't want to give away the rest of the movie because I'm not, there's not much after that that happens. But this movie, I don't want to go so far as to say it sucks, but this movie sucks. <laughs> it... It has these long, drawn-out moments of, like, we're showing the landscape, and it fucking doesn't do anything. It doesn't push the story forward. It doesn't explain anything. You never know why the fuck they're there. You never know what the fuck is going on with any of this shit. Um, the, the the way people act is really odd, you know, and I, I guess it's understandable because of the situation that they're in, but still, it's fucking weird, and it, so it's hard to really get a a good feel on the movie to really care about anything. Um, it's very artish, you know, art, you know, you could tell whoever made this made it the way they wanted to fucking make it. And they didn't give a shit about what anyone else thought about it. That's why it has that fucking middle ground review. Um, you know, approval rating on rotten tomatoes is because half people like it. Half people fucking didn't. And when this movie was over with and it ends in this weird fucking hopeful kind of maybe hopeful kind of way, but realistic in a kind of way. Like, what the fuck? Like, uh, yeah, I'm like, for real. I'm glad I didn't fucking... My, 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 I, I, I put the movie on for uh, my daughter to watch with me because she loves to watch, um, you know, horror movies and stuff. Like, we love to watch zombie movies and shit like that. And so I'm like, okay, let's check this one out. And then the first fucking 10 minutes, she's like, why did you put this on? And I go, because I, I thought you like, maybe you like it. She goes, I don't like the cannibal stuff because the way they do the cannibal stuff in the movie is very, it's very grim. It's very off-putting. It's not, you know what I mean? It, it looks, it's very, it, the whole feeling of the entire movie is very like a hopelessness feeling. And so anyway, The Bad Batch is, uh, 
it is fucking I look, it's free on Netflix. If you're already paying for you know thing, there's an extra thing for you to watch. You might like it. I, I didn't fucking like it, but you might like it. So um and I mean you being the audience on Mike, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't give a shit about it. Uh if you saw it. You'd probably fucking have way worse to say about it than I do. So um oh, and another thing. That actor that I'm not a fan of, Diego Luna. Uh huh. He's in it. Yes, I know. He shows up for a quick second and I didn't even know it Does was he him. Get killed? No, he's he's he rescues her, Arlen, who they're dating in real life. I didn't fucking know that. Whoopee. Um, he rescues her from Momoa for a few moments. And so he has about one line of dialogue, and then he's fucking gone. He he popped in. It, it was like this movie was made on this extremely low budget. So they were just able to get all these big fucking names in this in this movie. And then they, they pop in for, you know, like a day or, you know, for a scene or two. And then they're fucking gone. It was like almost like they got all these big names just to validate the movie, and they don't really validate the movie, right? Okay, it is cool to see Jim Carrey in that role, though. But other than that, and then Keanu Reeves is okay because he's only in two scenes, but it's it's to take it or leave it because of the whole subject matter of the film. So there's good and there's bad. You know what? Fuck it, check it out. Let's. See. I, I would actually like to know what people's opinion is of of this movie, The Bad Batch. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Aliens was on. I had to watch it. Of course you have I to watch it. I fucking love this movie. This movies, yeah. I have a question for you. <laughs> Where is LV-426? In space? <laughs> um, I don't know, twice as far away from uh, LV-223 uh, or... Two, or, or two. LV-426 is one of three known moons orbiting the planet Kalpamos. Mm-hmm. Located in the Zeta II reticuli system, thirty-nine light years from Earth. There's your answer. Uh, yeah, look don't up. be, don't I'm, be a. I, I'm a nerd, but I'm not the fucking uber nerd. Yeah, well, I had to look it up. Um, this is the moon uh, that was reported by U.S. CSS Nostromo uh-huh. uh, to be primordial and inert, containing nitrogen, high concentration of CO2 crystals, methane, and trace elements. Dust and turbulence created a murky atmosphere with little surface light and poor visibility. Originally, the atmosphere at the surface was deep and cold. Uh, geographical uh, features is the Ilium, uh, the Ilium Range is a mountain range where the derelict spacecraft was discovered. I'm going back to Alien and letting you guys in on a little history. In 2122, the commercial tow freighter Nostromo awakened its crew from stasis to investigate a mysterious signal coming from a nearby planetoid. Now, the reason why I bring up LV-426 is because how does that work into Alien Covenant? Was that LV-426 that they were on? No. No, it wasn't. Because that planet already had breathable air on it. So, no, it couldn't have been. And also, the planet that was in Alien Covenant was a was a, was a, was a was a, uh, an engineer world. So, um, yeah, no, it's not the same planet oh, at all. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> I, I I watched this. Look, the reason why I watched the movie and the reason why I'm picking it this week is because of Bill Paxton. Hmm. Bill Paxton is so fucking good in this movie. <laughs> and you can't get tired of him, you know. Yeah. We'll put her in charge. Yeah. You know. Or, you count me out. Yeah. Game I guess, over. I guess we can count you out of everything, huh? Yeah. You know, he when he when he freaks out, he just doesn't know what the fuck to do. And Sigourney Weaver's telling him to to calm down. Yeah. You know, 
do something productive to get your mind off of what yeah, the fuck is going on. Yeah, because you're not fucking on. helping right now. Yeah. You're just making it worse. Right. But that, and that's when the, we'll put her in charge <laughs> quote comes from. Yeah. And, <laughs> but the other thing is this, like after that scene happens is when Sigourney Weaver and Newt bunk down, right? Yeah. And then they wake up and, and uh, Med Base sealed off. And Burke is doing the thing, yeah. And he's he go, he jumps in and helps and kills one of the uh, the uh, um, um, xenomorphs. Xenomorph. Well, no, the, the face, face huggers. Huggers, right? Okay. And his entire character is is the most realistic character in the entire movie. Okay. Because, okay. There's one character that we don't really get to see much of. That's that's uh, um, Corporal or Lieutenant Frost. He's the black guy. Okay. When they first walk in, he's the guy at the lead. He's the he's the point man. Yeah. That's Lieutenant Frost or cor- or whatever Private Frost. What well, doesn't fucking there's matter. Capone. There's a. Uh... And no, it's Apone. Apone. Yeah. It was, uh, but that's okay. It was close. Close <laughs> enough. Um, when they're when they're being debriefed, you know. And uh, lovely, another lovely motor in the core. Yeah, uh, wh- whoever the douchey uh, <laughs> wannabe marine was that only had like two real jumps and thirty-eight simulators. Yeah, 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 he was the one running everything. He yeah, was, yeah, he was like the fucking bureaucrat almost. He was like a bureaucrat made into a fucking uh, lieutenant or, or, or an officer. Well, no, he was an he was an officer. He just seemed more like a company yes man. Uh, military he's, guy. He's, he was an officer. He was a marine. He became a badass near the end. He finally, you know, when he give, give you know, when he dies with the, with the, uh, what was it the adopted mom, <laughs> the adopted mom of uh, yeah, the adopted mom. Uh, God damn it, uh, John Connor's adopted mom from T two. Yeah. Um, I always remember her also as the, uh, the chick who dies on the fucking uh, on the diving board in Lethal Weapon two when it explodes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, Janet Goldstein, Private Vasquez. They mostly come at night. Mostly, uh, mostly. Al Matthews as Sergeant Apone is the commanding non-commissioned officers. Matthews attributed his casting to his military experience. That was the black guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. Anyways, there's a there's a there's a scene, and I think it's there's Ralston, uh, the Rico Ross as Private Frost. That's who I was talking about. Colette mm-hmm. Hiller as Corporal Farrow. That she's the, you know, the pilot the, fly the friendly skies. Yeah. Daniel Cash is Private Spunkmeyer, who is also one of the other pilots. Cynthia Dale Scott is Corporal Dietrich. The Marine Corpsman tip, tipping as Private Crow. Trevor Stedman as Wierzbowski. Uh, Maxwell, uh, Paul Maxwell portrays Van Leeuwen, the head of the review board that revokes Ripley's flight case. And Carl Toop portrays aliens and Alien Queen. Um, God damn it. I don't want to look up the IMDb. I'll, I'll figure it out later. Anyways, it's the dude that ends up driving the APC, right? Mm, yeah. And he's the one that freaks out when... Um, yeah, he says, what do we do? What yeah, do we do? what do we do? What's going on, yeah. right? I'm sorry. He's also the dude that's going through the checklist for all the Marines and letting them know. And and there's Hudson and Hicks, right? Yeah. And, he, and, and Baxton raises his hand. He goes, what is it, Hudson? He goes... I'm, you know, he's like, what is it, Hicks? He goes, I'm Hudson. He's Hicks, mm-hmm. right? And it was off. It was off camera. You don't really hear it, or you don't see it. You just hear him say that. Yeah. He's like, whatever. Just go on with your thing. So you know, I mean, it tells you how in he is with the other guys, right? Yeah. 
He's just he's a douche. Um, Gorman, that's who it was. Okay, Private Gorman, and the whole the whole tone of the movie, based off of just Paxton and and Michael Bean, yeah, makes it so that. It's even better. I mean, there's no two better guys that could have been cast for this movie uh. except for those two guys. Mm-hmm. They were perfectly cast for those roles. Sigourney Weaver, she was going to be in it anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. The whole, But getting people to work together with Paxton and Bean to get that crew together, yeah. again, you couldn't ask for a better casting system. A movie like that is when it shows how important casting is for a film. Like, for example, how well the casting was for John Carpenter's The Thing. You know, uh-huh. when you get the right people in there so that each each each, each uh, individual character has their own distinct personality. Right. You know, and it works so much better than yeah. when you have throwaway characters. I, I agree. No, yeah, yeah absolutely. And but you know, there's a, there's a couple of minor issues I have. Of course, it's just effects of the day, but even then... When it came out, I noticed them like when now this scene, I don't think the scene when the APC blew up outside mm-hmm. and they were all standing around and then they walked in. I think that was actually cut from the, the- theatrical cut. I don't think that that scene. I don't know. I, I do have the director's cut on Blu-ray, so I I know it's got the extra stuff in there. But most of that is uh, the lead up to getting the face huggers well, um, on the, in, into the compound. Well, that and the. Um, the uh, the tripod mounts, the gun mounts. Yeah, where they have them angled out, and then you just hear them start firing. Yeah, which is fucking cool. Yeah, because it's you like can see the counters roll down. I I love the, the the tension and the fear that that movie builds up because you know that when those gun when those guns are firing, that means it's something coming, and you know what's coming, right? And and then when they're running low on on ammo, and then they they're completely gone, you're like fuck, dude. It, it just yeah, there's no way going back yeah, on this one. There's it. It is so well done to build up that kind of tension uh, by doing that. Right. right. Yeah, I, I think that was one of the things that was cut out of the theatrical release was was um, them outside when the APC crashes outside. Okay. Because he was, she was grinding the gears, uh-huh. and the fucking thing explodes, and they they're able to get out and and. Uh, I don't remember the AP, I remember the APC just uh, the tranny goes out on it and it, it just coasts into fucking. Um, the now the ship gets the one that Smokemire's on fucking explodes because there's an alien on it. Right. But, um, and that one crashes into the spins into the yeah, ground and, right and near that them. one straight up t- Terminator effects right there. Right. You know, straight up reminds you of the future scenes. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. I, I fucking see that 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 movie. I mean, duh. It, the movie establishes Cameron as as being a, not not a one trick pony as a director, right? And it also shows that he's someone that that knows how to make a film that honors its original source material. Yes, and, and excel with it. And that that's what when we get finally get into you know Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That when, I'm gonna have similar points like that about the, that movie as well. So. Yeah, dude, I, I'm there with you, man. Aliens is fucking awesome. You know, it, it the movie does it answers it answers enough questions. Um, it gives you more of everything you want. It 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 uh it feeds into your your um your curiosity. Like right. like 
you want to know more about these aliens, even though they scare the fuck out of you, you still want to know more. So then you have the scenes where they're in the fucking, the facehuggers are in the glass tanks and stuff, right? And, and they're moving around. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking, that, that's what you want. You know, it's like, he knows what to give you, you know? It's like when you watch Jurassic Park and fucking Spielberg knows what to give you. He knows how much to give you and how much not to give you. And it, right. Fucking, it's just, that's damn good filmmaking. It's even, even with the effects the way they are, right? Actually, I'm going through all the cut scenes right now to see. So there's the sentry system, and that was cut out, and just a couple of minor scenes. But even with the effects being what they are, I mean, you can see the wobble in some of the walls. You can see the wobble in the, the APC uh-huh. when it's driving around. Yeah. Um, just a, a whole bunch of shit. The only thing I always remember that, that looked cheesy was when the the queen gets sucked out of the airlock and she does that it it does the stop motion the tyrannosaurus effect. rex arms yeah it just yeah. looks so fucking it looks so stupid but it was still cool at the same time so i you know what I, it's it's whatever it yeah. is what it is and, and we could go on and on and on about this um this just, movie's just so fucking good just, it, it, just, I, I have nothing bad to say i i hate carter burke yeah I, I hate Paul Reiser's character yeah. in this movie because he's such an asshole. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen. Every time you see the movie, you're like, every time you see the movie, you're like, well, maybe he's going to be good this time, you know? And you're like, no, stupid. <laughs> and then, you know, he, he traps he traps Ripley in there. Yeah. And then when he tries to get away from the aliens, he gets his comeuppance, you know, the karma yeah. shot. Um, Dude, the... the uh the whole countdown, the, the 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 overhead, the speaker, the lady, this, you know, you now have ten minutes, and it, right. it just fucking it works so well, all of it. Yeah. yeah, and the the loader thing, you know that 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 tiny little seed that they throw in there. Yeah. I hear you're working the loader on the dock, so that's very good. And then you know, hey, I can load this, and then see, and in, in, in it's always in threes. Yeah, the loader, the loader, and then at the end, the loader, right? Yeah, and then the same thing with the alien queen. It's it's there's. The queen bee thing, right? The lo- the queen, yeah. the queen, the queen. And I'm almost positive that that's why they had those robots um, that Stephen Lang uses in Avatar uh-huh. on purpose, just to be like a, a little throwback to Aliens. Mm, yeah. Just to look similar, like to have the... I mean, I, I really, I think so. I, I don't think anybody thinks that far ahead. Well, it's Cameron, man. I don't know. I, you know, I mean, Cameron will, will, will be doing something and someone will go, oh, yeah, it's kind of like Aliens. You're like... Yeah, I meant that. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Dude, this movie's so good that it makes Alien Three suck even more. Yeah, because of how good it is. And and of course, you know, it's got the Terminator, the Wayland Utani thing. Uh-huh. You know, the Terminator. Well, it was the uh, the Cyberdyne, but it wasn't Cyberdyne. It was a different system. Uh-huh. Um, but it was still Cyberdyne, Cyberdyne model, whatever for for Bishop, right? Well, there's your problem right there. That was a that was a A series, and we're we're a B series, and we can never do that. Yeah. So yeah, there was just some really cool shit in there. Um, I I really want them to go back to doing something. Excuse me, doing something like this as a new Alien movie. Well, I mean, it would be really cool to. Bob Camp was gonna man, and then fucking Scott did his bitching, and then it didn't happen. Well, I don't know if Scott did his bitching. I think that, I think something's going to be coming from Blomkamp in the alien type, and he just had to put it off until, a, until Covenant right. comes out. I hope you're right. I, guess, I do too. Because, yeah, I think uh, Covenant, I don't even know if Covenant broke $200 million worldwide. It was considered a flop. 
Doesn't matter. It makes money on the fucking. I bought it. I got it on Blu-ray. Yeah, it makes money on. on so it'll make money on DVD. Somewhere. I watched it again. It's and it'll fucking matter. It, is it worth seeing? Yeah, it, it, Covenant's worth seeing, and it's not a bad movie when it's actually a Prometheus sequel. That's but you know. Anyway, all right. A uh, couple little news tidbit tidbits, but we haven't talked about news in a while, dude. Holy shit! It's yeah, because you know, in the in the last day, two days, two days ago, you're like. Hey, you got any movie news? And I'm like, N- no, you're the one that does movie news. I don't got anything either. That All was right. two days ago. <laughs> we haven't talked about it a lot. I got a, there's a new movie coming out on Netflix, made by Netflix, called The Babysitter. Yes, I saw the trailer for that. And yeah, man, the, the fucking ends up, The Babysitter, this hot, this, this hotter than, than hot should be allowed, fucking Babysitter comes in. And, it, you know, the, the, the kid, of course, Ends up instantly having a crush on her. Just go see the fucking trailer. And then ends up fucking seeing her and you find out she's Satanist. All right. So anyway, the movie looks fun. It looks fun. It looks gory. It looks over the top. Uh, I, I will check it out when it comes out. Um, <laughs> uh, did you hear about uh, Harvey? Harvey Weinstein. Yes. In fact, that, Harvey, you have been a bad one. While you were doing your movie review? Yeah. And forgive me, I was listening. Yeah, that was, I was fine, listening. That was fine. Um, but we had already, you had already done your movie review to me, mm-hmm. so I could just shut off while you told your story about this movie because mm-hmm. I already, I already heard you talk about it. Yeah, um, I was reading the Harvey Weinstein story. Yeah, and yeah, um, <sighs> people, some people don't fucking learn, do they? Some people are just the way they are, and you can't fucking change them. Money just makes it worse. Here's how I see that. I call bullshit. On the old thing? On the whole thing. I call bullshit. And here's why I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Because the New York Times does this article on Harvey Weinstein, uh-huh. right, and this whole coming out thing. And now it's a big deal, and Harvey Weinstein's career is over in Hollywood. He's been doing it for hundred, you know, 100 years or however 15, fucking- 15, 20, 30, 25 years. Yeah, however fucking long he's been around, right? It was like they bring up the Ashley Judd thing from hella long ago. And-, and and not one fucking person in the last 30 years said something. Look at Vatican, bro. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter about the Vatican. Yeah, uh, not, I have a book Subway. on- Subway. I, I have a book on the Hollywood way. What? And yeah, it was Subway too. They're- they're just as fucking guilty as Jared is. Don't get me wrong on that. But I have a book called The Hollywood Way. Uh-huh. And The Hollywood Way is um, about how things get done in Hollywood and how everybody's all stand up and how everyone is very aggressive and this and that and the other thing. And if you can if you can make it in Hollywood, you can make it anywhere, right? Yeah. It's horse shit. It all, it's all horse shit. Mm-hmm. Because... Now everybody's coming out of the woodwork about Harvey Weinstein, like they did, and Rose McGowan was the first one, uh. and she did this years ago. She said Harvey Weinstein's a piece of shit, <laughs> you know, and she won a lawsuit settlement against him, and you know, bravo! I'm 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 I'm, I'm very happy that Rose McGowan has the balls to stand up. Yeah, but now after after all of that, after all of that, so she's not just a jawbreaker; she, she's a ball breaker. Stop it! The fucking the the fucking New York Times comes out with this huge air quote expose yeah, on Harvey Weinstein. He's about but, to get voted out. But on. they haven't done an expose on fucking fat guy from uh, Dennis London or whatever his name is. <laughs> London, yeah. yeah. They haven't done a fucking expose <laughs> on Snyder. him. Yeah. Where, yeah, on Dan Schneider 
who there's nothing but nonstop reports about him and Nickelodeon and the production company and everything about that entire fucking series where it's it's nothing but allegedly yeah nothing but child porn and and underage sex yeah older men wow that was <laughs> sorry older men trying to have sex with younger women Jeanette McCurdy's made mention of it Ariana Grande's made made mention of it. Uh, most of the cast from Victorious has made mention of it. Mm-hmm. Most of the cast from other shows in the past have made mention from it. And not one fucking reporter is going to do an expose on that, but they'll do a fucking expose on Harvey Weinstein, this old white guy. Look, dude, they're all elitists, man. They live by their own fucking rules, and everyone's got to play ball until it's time to not play ball anymore. And and we we've, we've been kind of monitoring all of Hollywood since we started doing this with the weird stories about Brian Singer coming out. Yeah, and then you notice it's and then, gone. And then it just kind of disappears. Yeah. And the Kim Kardashian robbery thing? Yeah. The, yeah the, I knew it. Absolutely. It, you fucking called that 100%. Rich people live on a different fucking level, dude. They get... Fake rich. Yeah. She's bullshit rich. <laughs> and, you know, rich is rich, but again, she's a she's bullshit. I don't and, know. Look, I don't know how skewed the numbers are, but if she... The bitch is making $80 million a year just off of an app. I'm going to tell you this right now. That all went away because of Ryan Seacrest. Okay. And Ryan Seacrest is the biggest piece of shit on this planet. <laughs> if he backs Kim Kardashian and and only because she's a fucking she's she's a shill. She's a she's her she's a fucking prostitute for Ryan Seacrest, you know? All she does is let all these fucking news news outlets just pump their pump their jizz right into her. You know, she's just a fucking floating blowjob doll, mm. you know, that's just bloated with news jizz, fake Hollywood news jizz. What if we just put on um, Ray J t-shirts and went everywhere Kanye West was? Yeah, we should. Just fucking <laughs> Ray J, Ray J. And, oh, and, and Ryan, sounds. Ryan Seacrest is the biggest fucking douchey scumbag piece of shit I've ever had the pleasure or displeasure of watching on TV. He he makes this this oh I'm a I'm a wholesome white guy. Look at me. Look at me. I I could do American Idol and then I get these production development deals. Oh I'm gonna exploit the shit out of the Kardashians. You're fucking trash. And you're part of the Hollywood problem. You're you're not the A number one Hollywood part of the problem, but you're part of this whole huge line. He's the perpetuator? No. He's part of this whole huge line of problems that started in Hollywood with Fatty Arbuckle, and it's gone. The it's gone on this long, and it needs to fucking stop. I don't give a shit if they burn down the entire fucking you know Los Angeles area just to get those cockroaches out of there. Yeah, but that place is infested with nothing but a bunch of fucking pedophiliac scumbag motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, and the only sorry time, for the rant. The only time that that shit becomes an issue is when I guess I, there's too, everything's too overwhelming, and like the cat's out of the bag kind of thing, where it's just it's beyond reparation. Like say with uh, Bill Cosby or something. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, um, and it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to belittle the Harvey Weinstein thing. I'm belittling part of the Harvey Weinstein thing because Rose McGowan, 
who came out uh, about this way, way earlier than everybody else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the, like I said, the New York Times does their expose on Harvey Weinstein because some other person that wasn't Rose McGowan, right, made yeah. mention of this. Well, now it's safe for everyone to jump on it. Yeah. and It's the hyenas, dude. They're jumping on the fresh meat. And, and, and I call bullshit. I call bullshit on this, not because it's a fake story. I call bullshit on this for the people that sit sit around and all they did was bitch and moan and complain about what a piece of shit Harvey Weinstein is and how they're so afraid because blah, blah, blah. If you continue to give people power, if you continue to give people power over you, people, places, and things, objects, whatever, if you give it power... They own you. Isn't it like like something where the elitists, every once in a while, they have to make a sacrifice? Someone has to sacrifice themselves for the good of everyone else's secrecy or whatever? No. And I would say that right now it's Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, but that's not true. I don't know. But yeah, it, it's, there's a sacrifice to be made you, sometimes. You've got to bite the bullet. Yeah, um, and and but that's not this in this he's case. Got, look, he's got his millions no matter fucking what, dude. I, no, he doesn't. He's being sued by everybody. It doesn't mean he's going to lose it all. He's going to lose it all. He's going to pay lawyers. He's going to lose every fucking penny, dude. Done. Not my problem. He, no, exactly. It's not my problem either. He's not a piece of shit. I, and what surprises me is Kevin Smith's silence. <laughs> I have, we have nobody's heard a peep from Kevin Smith on this whole thing. And I guarantee you this is what he's going to say. What? I've known about it for a long time, and he is a piece of shit. That's why I stopped working with him. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, he didn't want to burn more bridges, I guess. I don't know. You know what, what do you mean burn more bridges? What I'm saying is when he left, when he left Miramax and all that stuff, he could have made things even worse if he had spoken up about things for himself. You know, because of circles and... and Nobody know. gives a shit about Kevin Smith because he's just a small-time independent guy and he walked away from the Hollywood system. No. Fuck the Hollywood system. The Hollywood system is shit. And we continually feed into the Hollywood system I think what we should do from the movie reviews from now on is just say, uh, yes or no, go see it or don't see it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if and yay nay or meh. <laughs> and what we should do is, I'm going to hold this because I'm no. We we should be doing something a little different with our Hollywood reviews. A little different. Anything else? Uh, yes. One last thing. I have watched the first three episodes. Of Orville. <laughs> of the Orville. <laughs> and I am here to tell you, Mike, that that you are wrong about this show. I'm wrong? Yes. Really? Yes. This show fucking blows ass. Now, now that I've said that you're wrong, you're almost right about everything else, though. <laughs> this show, the whole time I've watched it, it look, it's not as bad... To, in my eyes, it's not as bad as you fucking made it sound to be. But I will say this. The show is completely pointless because everything it does is a straight-up ripoff of Star Trek. Everything. Even when the show fucking an episode ends, it does the same thing where the ship's slowly pulling away and the music's dimming, calming down, and then the fucking lights dim and it says produced by fucking so-and-so. Rick and Berman. Right, yeah, it it does the same fucking exact thing, and it, so when you watch it, even though it's entertaining to a point, the humor doesn't really hit hard at all. But I got to the third episode. I, I watched the third episode today, and it actually got on a cool fucking subject matter, and it worked for the episode. It actually worked. It was, it was good. But but I I mean this, 
and I really do fucking mean this, this show should not exist because it is a fucking blatant, total ripoff of Star Trek. It's supposed and, to be a ripoff of Star Trek. I know, but Joe? it's it's completely though. Like it's supposed I, to be. Like no, I mean in like every way. It's supposed to be. That doesn't make it okay. It's that's the whole idea behind the the entire the Orville platform is this is Star Trek. Okay. But it's completely unnecessary. Why? Because and I'm not defending the show. <laughs> I know. I right? just want to know why you think it's completely unnecessary for Seth MacFarlane to want to spoof a TV series that because, that's what he's doing. I I know. I I get that, but the humor that he he's using doesn't work. It doesn't it doesn't hit. Okay. Okay. Um, it, it's a lot of the humor attempts are are lame. It actually works better as as a as a uh, a social commentary on things. As as a witty social commentary on things, yes, it works. But as a fucking as a slapsticky humorous thing, no. It I disagree not. with your witty social commentary on things. Well, because you only saw the first part of the first episode. No, I didn't see the first part of the first episode. I saw ten minutes of twenty minutes of an episode. Okay. Well, each episode is about forty two minutes long. So. There you go. There you go. So, so it was 24 minutes into it, and I saw the first eight and a half. Yeah. So I it, so I missed 20 minutes of it. The show, look, I, I'm going to give it a few more episodes probably because it's on Hulu for free. Why? Because, dude, I like the characters. I actually like the characters. But like I said, the humor is falling flat. The humor does fall flat. It's the other things that go along with it that keep it interesting to a point. But anyway, I'm not a fan I'm just checking but you're, it out. But you're staying with it through six episodes. Yeah, I made a commitment to check it out for a while. So, it's just going to give them more fucking firepower to keep the series going. Yeah, I'm just one fat guy. <laughs> so anyway, the the Orville, I, I I don't recommend seeing it. It just, but it, there are a couple of noteworthy moments that do happen so far in the first three episodes. Disagree. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? No. Tom Petty. Uh, fucking. We well, already uh, talked about Tom Petty in the last episode. Uh, I, 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 then I'm good. We talked about Tom Petty. We talked about the Vegas thing, and I'm not getting into any. We're not talking about politics. We're not talking about anything. I don't care about for the podcast. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care about Vegas. It doesn't exist. It never happened. Um. One thing. Did you know? If this is about the fucking Vegas shooting, I'm turning off the podcast. Shut, shut up. Did you know that Donald Trump does not care about brown people? I don't fucking care. <laughs> okay. I'm just... I good know. night. Good night. Bye-bye. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dipshit. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of averagejoes.com and please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome. Have a good night. This is the end. This is the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.